baby, baby, I'd get down on my knees for you. See, uh, we've been married for 18 years. Uh, it was after six years of dating. Uh, we were high school sweethearts. I think the first time I saw her, I was a uh, <clears throat> football player, and she was a cheerleader. And I was walking with uh, one of my buddies, and I was like, who is that? And uh, I said, I think I need to get to know her. So <laughs> that led uh, to conversation and dating and here now had no idea that he was on the football team um, until a friend of mine told me um, that he was interested in possibly dating me. Um, the first thing I noticed about him was, of course, his dimples. Um, anytime he smiles, he's got the cutest dimples ever. And so um, that and just very much a gentleman um, was what attracted me to him. Communication is, is very important. I mean, otherwise, I mean, how would she know what I wanted for supper tonight? So, <laughs> no, just kidding, just kidding. Um, obviously, without Christ being the cornerstone of your marriage, I think uh, communication is, is definitely a foundation. Um, and when it when communication begins to fail, uh, I think the relationship begins to crumble. Uh, yes, uh, sometimes in marriages uh, there are communication breakdowns, uh, and we've experienced that. Um, I know one of the things that we did that was very uncomfortable to begin with and it shouldn't be but was um, actually praying together and praying audibly together so at night when uh, we would go to bed we would just come together and, and pray as a couple and vocalize that and again the first few times that we did that uh, it was very uncomfortable and it, it should not be but I know our communication um, really took a step forward after we started doing that and I think some barriers were, were brought down and um, we started to see a difference in our marriage after that. I think it also shows um, vulnerability. Um, for me, I, I thought Chris knew everything about me. I knew everything about Chris, but when you are together as a couple and having to expose yourself just by simply praying together, I can pray with my kids so much easier than I could pray with Chris. Um, it was just a huge opportunity to truly allow myself to be vulnerable to Chris in a different way. Um, but the way God blessed us through doing that was huge. The fact that we make the time, whether it be at night, I guess, um, talking together or... Yeah, I think it, just like anything, it, it has to be intentional. Um, you have to it, you have to work at it. it you have to... Um, you know, it, it takes energy and time, um, you know, whether that's a phone call during the day just to see how, you, how our day's going. Um, or text just to say you know, that I love you and I'm thinking about you, or you know, times when we actually get the kids to bed all at the same time so we can spend some time together after they've gone to bed, mm -hmm. um, just the two of us. And it might be over folding clothes or cleaning the kitchen, but True. it's still time together. So. <laughs> That's right. He's good at that. Give it up for Chris and Jill. <clears throat> so appreciate them sharing. 
a little bit of their lives with us. And if you can't tell already, my voice is a little messed up, all right? So this past week I had the flu, and right now I've got strep throat. So if I welcomed you to church this morning, I gave you a gift, all right? Appreciate you being here today. But excited to be able to share with you a little bit about communication. You know, Jill and Chris kind of kicked it off for us this morning as they shared about how they communicate with one another. And I don't know if you know this, and this is kind of just in... And so I've got to get you to listen very closely, but uh, whether you're aware of it or not, uh, they, they tell us that women uh, talk more than men do. Did y'all know this already? It's pretty amazing, right? Matter of fact, uh, I've got four kids, two of them are girls, and I mean, I'll tell you, both Maddie and Marley both learned how to speak at an earlier age, and they both talk a whole lot more than Garrison and Gavin do. And uh, they get it from their mama. But it, we've got this going on. Uh, and there are some scientists who actually say that uh, women have an extra protein in their body. It's called a FOXP2 protein. And they say that is the reason genetically that they talk more uh, than men do. So apparently, I'll just let you know, they can't help it. You know what I mean? It's in their genetic makeup. That's how they are. But I did find out some stuff outside of science that actually uh, tells us that uh, women speak around 20 thousand words every single day and men speak around 5,000 words every single day now let's think about that for a moment because I want to give it to you a little perspective uh, if you're writing a, a novel uh, typically a novel has about 12 chapters every single day a woman comes up with enough vocabulary to fill over four chapters of a regular novel uh, a man can only come up with one chapter. Are y'all with me? So that means every single week a woman, she's writing over two novels every week. And every single year she's writing over a hundred novels every single week, which is pretty impressive. Us men, we come up with about 30 novels every single year. But I started thinking, you know, if you take a novel off the shelf, whether you're in a bookstore or whether you're in the library and you open it up, that novel is going to have some conflict in it. That's what makes the uh, story interesting. But if you think about 130 novels that you and your spouse are coming up with every single year, you can count on it. There is going to be some conflict. And oftentimes, whenever conflict arises, it actually brings a breakdown in communication. In fact, there were some who were being interviewed who actually said that the worst thing in their marriage was their communication. They said it like this. We just don't communicate well. All we do is argue with each other. Matter of fact, you may be here this morning with your wife or your husband, and you know that to be true. You've argued with them probably on the way to church this morning, and then y'all acting all prim and proper when you came in, didn't you? But maybe you've got some of those arguments. Now, when I started looking at this, I started asking the question, what are people arguing about? And then it was uh, Dr. Les and Leslie Perot who actually give us the top five things that husbands and wives argue about. So let me just kind of give you these and uh, nudge your spouse if this is what y'all argue about because I want to see y'all do it. You ready? So number one was money. And so there's the argument over money, how much money to be spent, where we should spend it, how we should uh, deal with it, how we should manage it. Number two on that list was intimacy. Uh, the intimacy between a husband and a wife. So oftentimes there are busy schedules, people are tired, and as a result there is argument over intimacy. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Number three, there is argument sometimes over work. 
Now think about this. A, uh, a wife may complain that the husband spends too much time at work, not enough time at home, uh, building that relationship. And then sometimes it's uh, the roles reverse. So the wife is actually, or the husband rather, is actually asking the wife to spend a little more time at home and a little less time at work. And so there's arguments that show up as a result of that. And then number four was children. And I thought this one was interesting, but there's argument over how to discipline them. Uh, Some people want to argue, should we spank them? Should we put them on restrictions? Should we give them an allowance? What should we do with them? As well, they argue oftentimes about managing their schedules, because especially if you have more than one kid, I mean, you've got to be at all these practices, all these extra events, and sometimes that breeds arguments in the marriage relationship. And then number five, which I thought was pretty interesting, uh, there's argument over chores. That is an argument over who's going to pay the bills, who's going to take care of the yard work, who's going to do the wash, who's going to clean the bathrooms, etc. Now, when Krista and I were first married, uh, we both worked full-time. We didn't have any kids. Uh, those were the days. And so we, uh, we, were, we literally, on the weekends, we cleaned the house. And so what we did is we got little scraps sheets of paper and we wrote down every single room in the house on its individual sheet of paper then we put it in a hat or put it in a bowl and then we would take turns actually drawing it out whatever you drew out is what you clean and uh we don't do that anymore but that's what we used to do and uh but i remember man you you think about some of these areas of arguing and uh really communicating what we want to talk about this morning is how you can actually talk about it, uh, whatever your it may be. And if you kind of check it out this morning, I brought me a big it, all right? And uh, I cut this out all by myself. And uh, when I completed, Chris asked me what I was doing, so I read a little bit of the message to her, and she said, I got plenty of it's we need to talk about, y'all. And so I say that so you can pray for me, and anyway. But uh, so if you think about your it, it might not be money, it might not be work or children or chores or intimacy, but maybe there's something that you know you're going to have to talk about with your spouse. And this happens in all of our lives where we've got to bring it up. Well, this morning what we want to do is look at five simple questions that you can actually ask, listen to this, yourself before you dive into a conversation about it that will actually help bring harmony instead of chaos. So we want to talk about that this morning. We'll start off a little bit differently. Uh, If we can have all husbands and wives, if you'll just stand up to your feet real quick, every husband and wife, go ahead, hustle up, hustle up. There you go. Now, if you'll uh, go ahead and grab the hand of your wife this morning. Uh, Y'all don't hold hands like this. Hold hands like this. Interlock, all right? Y'all still love each other. There you go. All right, now we're going to pray for you, and then we'll dive into these five questions. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for the opportunity this morning to learn how uh, husbands and wives can communicate better. And God, I know every single one of us at some point in time have an it that we need to talk about. And so God, I pray that you would use your word this morning to show us that you give us some very simple principles that we can apply that will help us in those kinds of conversations. God, at the same time, I pray for husbands and wives this morning and simply want to ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would draw them closer together. Father, that you would draw them closer to you as well. And God, we thank you that you've given us the great privilege of marriage to be a gospel stamp on the world. And God, at the same time, we thank you that you uh, have given helpmates to all of these men. Helpmates who come alongside and really do, they support their husbands. And God, we thank you for uh, our brides as well. What a great privilege it is to have a wife. The Bible says if you have found 
a good wife, you have found a good thing. And God, for that, we just give you glory. So we pray that you'd speak to our hearts this morning and that you would be honored and glorified. And it's in Jesus Christ's name that we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. You guys go ahead and be seated. So let me give you the five questions here that I'm going to encourage you to ask uh, before you jump into a conversation about it. So here goes the very first question. Why am I motivated to talk about it? Why am I motivated to talk about it? Why do I even want to bring it up? with my wife or with my husband. Interesting verse in Colossians 3:19. You can just jot these down. We put them on the screen for you as well. But the Bible says, "Husbands, uh, love your wives and do not be embittered against them." Now, eyeball to eyeball just real quick. The word embittered, it means to have more and more bitterness. So if you think about this, uh, in the context of communicating uh, with your spouse, husband, you want to be very careful that you don't bring it up just so you can find more stuff about your wife that you don't like and you can begin to pile that up on your already bitter heart. The Bible says, love your wives. Do not become embittered against them. So if your motivation in talking to your wife or your motivation in talking to your husband really is so that you'll have an opportunity to stick it to them and to get more uh, fuel for your own life and your own heart, then you're going at it with the wrong motivation. You're motivated by bitterness as opposed to being motivated by love. Now think about the difference it would be in your life if you went into a conversation that could be very turbulent, that could be pretty difficult, but you actually stepped into that conversation with the desire to put the needs of your wife or the needs of your husband above your own? Or what if you went into that conversation not with the desire to actually become more bitter, but you went into it with a desire to bring about peace and harmony? Listen, you've got to motivate and really look at your motivation before you ever jump into that conversation. Now, I want you to think about it, too, because your motivation can really be uh, sometimes disguised. Uh, sometimes you may jump into an argument uh, with your spouse, and your whole goal is to win the argument. So you have the whole argument played out already in your mind. Uh, sometimes you say, if she says this, then here's what I'm going to say. If he says this or acts this way, here's what I'm going to do. And you create this entire scenario where you're seeking simply to trump your spouse to win the argument listen if that's your motivation in having a conversation about whatever your it is you're gonna find that you become more and more bitter towards your spouse and it's not glorifying to the Lord so the first question really does it just deals with motivation now let's jump into the second question and I like this one when is a good time to talk about it when's a good time to talk about it now listen to Proverbs 15 23 the Bible says a man has joy in an apt answer, and how delightful is a, listen to this, timely word. A timely word is very delightful. That means a word given in the right occasion, a word that is given in the right season can actually be a delight. This means that uh, as a couple, you really do, you have to decide when is the best time for you all to have conversations about your it's in life. So you've got to go ahead and prepare beforehand. Matter of fact, if you think about it, it's probably not a good time, uh, ladies, to try to get your husband into a conversation about it. If he's been at work all day and he comes in and he's very tired, you shouldn't look at him and be like, we've got to have a conversation. He's not ready to talk about that at that moment. That's not a good time. Probably not a good time to try to bring up 
a conversation with your spouse that could become turbulent either if she's working on feeding three kids and getting one of them ready for ball practice. I learned that one firsthand. Y'all with me? So don't do not a good time. But you really do. You've got to look at a good time. So your motivation is key, and then timing is also key. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Proverbs 15, 11, like apples of gold in settings of silver is a word spoken in right circumstances. In other words, uh, you need to look at the timing before you launch into a conversation. Now, let me give you the third question, and I like this one as well. But the third question is, what will my volume be like when we talk about it? What will my volume be like when we talk about it? Well, Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. Everybody eyeball to eyeball here. It actually gives us a list of deeds of the flesh. In other words, how we act how we live when the Spirit of God is not in control of our lives. Now, in that entire list, he actually notes there, and I found this one to be pretty interesting, outburst of anger. Outburst of anger. Now, think about that for just a second, all right? This describes a person who is controlled by their anger inside, and as a result, they launch out and begin to holler and to yell and to scream. And in this context, it could very well be that you're yelling at your spouse or yelling around your spouse. Uh, very, very uh, difficult to have good communication if your volume is very loud. Uh, I love this statement here. It's been said like this. Communication is like a river. When thoughts and feelings flow smoothly between a husband and a wife, it's fun. It feels good and it helps support everyone around However, when communication flow is turbulent, it's potentially dangerous and destructive. And when communication gets blocked, pressure builds up. And then when words start flowing again, they tend to come out suddenly and in a damaging, raging flood. Can you think about that? Maybe, maybe you remember a time where you had a conversation with your wife or your husband and your volume did. It got out of hand and maybe you started yelling at each other uh, and nobody likes to be yelled at. You, you know, sometimes we respond to that outburst of anger in ways to really just check out of the communication, of the conversation. Uh, matter of fact, you may remember a time when you yelled at your husband and mentally he's just checked out. He's not now speaking to you at all. He's just kind of sitting there in his chair, not saying a word, giving you the silent treatment. Or maybe you raised your voice to your wife one time and she ran out of the room into another room and she slammed the door behind her. And she was like, I'm not listening to anything you've got to say. Listen, nobody enjoys being hollered at. You know, I thought about uh, one time when I was in middle school, my dad and I were driving uh, in the truck. He was driving, obviously, so I was riding with him. We came up to a red light, and when we were at the red light, another car came up right next to ours, and that car had its windows down, and it was playing uh, some heavy metal music. And that mess was so loud, so loud that the bass literally, have you ever experienced this? The bass is literally moving your car. So we're sitting there, and we can feel the bass, right? So my dad reaches over, and uh, he rolls down uh, his window. This is how we roll windows down, y'all, all right? Uh, that's how I still roll windows down, but that's beside the point. But anyway, so we rolled the window down, and I didn't know what was really going on. But then my dad reached over to our radio and turned it up as loud as it would go. And uh, what was crazy is that we were listening to the Gold City Quartet, amen? And so 
Now you've got heavy metal here, Gold City Quartet turned up as loud as possible, and then me and my dad, we just eyeballed them. You with me on that one right there? I don't know why I remember that story, but I remember it made me feel so good inside, and so I thought I'd share it with you. But if you think about it, that's how we are oftentimes in marriage, right? So if your spouse begins to raise his or her voice, then you begin to raise yours as well. But listen, if that's the context, if you're being controlled by the flesh, Whenever you're seeking to have a conversation, it's not going to bode well for you. It's not going to come out well. So if you're wanting harmony and peace, you've got to go ahead and predetermine what volume you are going to set. Listen to what James says in James 1 and 19. The Bible says, everyone must be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger. I love what one commentator says. He says that James is encouraging followers of Jesus to practice the discipline of slow and controlled speech. Now, what you think about that? How different would your conversations at home be about it, about your difficulties, if you went in not with a loud and proud volume, but you went in with a low and slow volume? And you went in with the desire to actually listen to your spouse, not simply to shout at them. If you go in with that attitude, you're going to find that you're actually setting the groundwork and the stage for a conversation that will bring you and your spouse closer together and not drive you further apart. So you've got to ask that question. Let me give you this one here, too. I like this one. Can I be trusted to talk about it? Can I be trusted to talk about it? Listen to Proverbs 26 and verse 20. We've got this for you on the screen as well. For lack of wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no whisperer, contention quiets down. Now you see here where the Bible says, uh, and where there is no whisperer, uh, some translations say talebearer. This describes an individual who receives information, and then they are super quick to go and disseminate that information to other people. So they are talebearers, they are whisperers. And whenever you have that attitude, even in the context of marriage, you're going to find that your trust is not there and that you're actually building a large fire. Uh, if you think about a talebearer, I, I know whenever I uh, have premarital counseling with couples, I have a session that I lead them through called How to Fight Fair. Y'all like that session? So we talk about how to fight fair, and I say, you guys, y'all are going to argue, so you need to be prepared to argue in a way that doesn't dishonor your spouse. And what we do is I, I always say to the, the husband-to-be, I say, look, man, whenever you get into an argument with your wife, uh, you can't run out and disseminate that information to uh, your mama. In other words, don't get on the horn and be like, mama, you're not going to believe what she said to me. And then I always turn my attention to uh, the bride-to-be. And simply say to her, listen, when you guys argue, don't get on the phone or don't run over to your daddy and say, let me tell you what he said. What will happen in that situation is that there will be a breakdown of trust in the communication. And whenever you have that breakdown of trust, you're not going to be open to actually share what's going on in your life with your spouse. You know, I think about Krista. If I couldn't trust Krista sitting here on the front row, I would never share with her what's really going on in my life, what really hurts me, what really helps me. I'd never be able to open up to her and talk about our it's. And be able to share how I feel like we can really manage that and, and bring about harmony instead of destruction. If I didn't trust her, I'd never open up. And listen, if she didn't trust me, then I, she would never open up. 
So listen, ladies, if you're in an argument with your husband, don't run out and try to disseminate all the information. Same thing, men. If you're in an argument with your wife, don't run out and try to put your uh, wife down by disseminating all that information. You need to take that issue to the Lord. And if you disseminate it, all you're doing is putting more wood on the fire. And listen, if you put too much wood on that fire, it will burn your entire house down. And so you've got to be very careful. Can you be trusted? And you've got to build that trust. So if you've already lost it, man, you've got to begin to make some strides to build it back. And then here's the last question. And this one here really is a game changer. Man, if you don't do any of the first four, if you just do this one, I'm telling you to make an impact and a difference in how you communicate with your spouse. So here's the question. After we talk about it, will our prayer life benefit? After we talk about it, will our prayer life benefit? Now listen to 1 Peter 3 and verse 7. And this is an awesome verse. The Bible says, You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way, as with someone weaker, since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life. Now notice this part, so that your prayers will not be hindered. Now Peter's making the uh, true assertion that men and women are different. He says here that they're actually weaker. That is, women are weaker than men. Now, this isn't talking about their intellect. This is talking about the fact that they're physically weaker and oftentimes even emotionally weaker. And so you and I as husbands have to make sure that we don't dishonor our wife in how we treat her. You know, as I thought about this, I thought about uh, my Contigo mug here that has some uh, hot tea in it, right? And so if I've got this uh, with me this morning, and you came up here and you tapped on it, you would find out that this is a stainless steel real quick, right? This is the real deal stuff. So I can take this uh, cup, I can drop it on the concrete, I can kick it all the way into the church building. And I'm just telling you, it may get scruffed up, it may get scratched, but it's still going to hold my coffee or my hot tea. It's still going to be good because this cup is tough. Now listen, I want you to know, this is uh, what a husband is like. He's like a Contigo coffee mug. Matter of fact, if you get around men, you'll find out real quick that we love ragging each other out, making fun and poking at each other, right? And the reason that we often can do that is because we're like thermoses, right? We can kind of handle that. We know we're just messing around and playing with each other and having a good time. But if you take this attitude in with your wife, who's like a piece of china, I promise you if you drop this on the concrete, it's going to shatter all over the place. So you've got to make sure that you honor your wife. And that's what Peter says, honor your wife. That means actually hold her in high esteem. Consider her to be of great value. And whenever you are doing this, that's when you're honoring her. And then Peter says the reason that you should do that is because she's a fellow heir of the grace of life. In other words, you should treat her as a person who has a relationship with the Lord. Listen, if she knows Jesus, check this out, she is actually one of God's children. So you want to be very careful that you don't mistreat her, that you don't dishonor her. That's one of God's kids. And then on back of that, the reason he says that you and I should honor our wives is so that our prayers will not be hindered. I want you to think about that for just a moment, all right? So that our prayers will not be hindered. You know what this means? This means that the reason some people's prayers are being hindered and not answered are a direct result of how they are treating their wives. 
That's pretty amazing, isn't it? And so we've got to be very careful as husbands that we don't dishonor our wives or else, listen, when that relationship and that fellowship is broken, it hinders our fellowship with the Lord as well. So we want to make sure that we honor our spouses. Matter of fact, I would just say it to you like this. I want you to think about it. Y'all with me say, yeah, my voice sounds great, doesn't it? I feel about how it sounds. Can I get a witness on that? But I want y'all to listen to me because this is wild. Could you imagine the difference that your relationship with your wife or husband would be if you started out your conversation about it, that you knew it was going to be difficult, you knew it was going to be tough, but you said to your wife, hey, honey, before we finish talking about this subject, I want us to pray together. I want us to audibly, not lead in silent prayer, y'all with me, but you're going to pray out loud with your spouse. If you, if you have something touchy, if you have something very turbulent, if your it is a big deal and you, you feel like, man, if I bring this up, it's going to be horrible. If you approach that subject and tell your wife or your husband, before we finish talking about this, I want us to pray together. I'm telling you, that's going to be a game changer in that conversation. Listen, it is extremely difficult to be angry and bitter towards someone you know you're fixing to pray with in just a minute. It just changes your attitude. You know, there have been times, and I'll I'll be honest with you, where Krista and I were at odds with each other, and it was her fault, but we were at odds with each other. And each time that that occurred, man, I, I, I would have a hard time praying at all. And I'd have to actually go to Krista and ask her to forgive me. And you think about preaching every Sunday, right? I couldn't get up in here if I knew Krista was mad at me. So there are times i got to get things right on Saturday night just so I can get up and preach. Are y'all listening? I know y'all thought we like walked on water. She does. I know where the stumps are, though. You listening? (laughs) But what what I'm trying to say to you, listen, do you not think that would change your relationship? And I love what uh, Jill and Chris shared. They shared about the fact that they prayed it with each other audibly. And in doing that, they open up and they're more vulnerable. And they give the option to actually share what's going on in their lives. Listen, if you'll take that approach in your relationship with your wife and your husband, you're going to find it changes the entire atmosphere of your marriage. So I'm going to encourage you to do that. Before you launch into your it, I want you to look at your motivation. Look at your timing. Look at your volume. Look at whether or not you can be trusted and then begin to say, man, when we talk about this, how is this going to benefit our prayer life? How's it going to improve things? Now, this whole series has been tuned in to a successful marriage. The first uh, song we looked at was Let's Stay Together to be a gospel stamp on the world. So God wants to use your marriage to echo his gospel to other people around you. You, as the husband, play the role of Jesus in the relationship. You, as the wife, play the role of the church. The second song that we looked at was for really the man. When a man loves a woman, the more lovely she becomes. And then the third song was the lady song. What was that song again? I just like to see her say it to me. I will always love you. Say it again. Like you mean it. Stand up. I'm just kidding. Anyway, so uh, I will always love you. I will uh, be there for you. And then today, really kind of the song that I would say let's tune into is you've lost that love and feeling. And listen, I know love is a choice. But listen, if you feel like there's friction and there's tension between you and your spouse, you need to take a step forward and actually have a conversation about it. 
Listen, God created you and I to be beings that communicate with one another. And God created us also to be a person who communicates with Him. See, God wants to have a relationship with you. God wants a relationship with me. But you know what completely uh, causes us to be separated from God? It's our own sin. The Bible says we are born into sin. And the wages of our sin is death. So if we die holding on to our sin, we're going to go to hell. But God doesn't desire that. He so wants a relationship with you and I. So wants our communication that he sent his own son Jesus to the earth over 2,000 years ago. He lived a sinless life. And then Jesus went to the cross. And there on the cross, he died for the sins of the world. He died for your sin. He died for mine. Then the Bible says he was buried and resurrected. Now listen to what the scripture says because I like this. The Bible now says, Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Think about that. That's communication. And the first prayer that you can have with God is simply calling out to him, saying, Lord, I need forgiveness and I want to follow you. And listen, some of you need to pray that this morning. And as you see your relationship with God growing closer and closer and your wife or your husband is doing the same thing, you're going to discover that you grow closer and closer to one another as well. Amen on that one? Amen. So try those things out, I dare you, this week, all right? Before you talk about your it, let's pray together. Father, we do thank you that there are practical principles through the Scripture that do not leave us hanging as it pertains to how to communicate with one another. And God, I give you glory for these Proverbs and I'm so thankful for both Peter and Paul's writings. And God, what an encouragement I found in my own personal life from them. But also, Lord... I just thank you that you have sought to help us. God, you you want us to know how to live in a way that honors you. And Lord, I pray for the marriages of Concord and ask in the name of Jesus that they would reflect the gospel of, of Christ. And that husband and wife, even here today, who may be at odds with each other or they know they've got some stuff that they need to talk through, God, give them courage, wisdom, and discernment just to put into practice these simple questions before they launch into it. God, I trust that you can work in any situation. You can both redeem and restore. So God, we rest in your sovereign hand and pray that you would do just that.